you have your Bibles this morning, if you would turn to John chapter 19, and if you have the church app, you can open up to uh, the Bible there, and it'll open up for you. John chapter 19. And if you're visiting with us today, we're glad to have you with us. We uh, want you to make yourself uh, just uh, comfortable as we worship the Lord together and study His Word. And we hope that if you didn't get one of our guest bags, you'll go by the uh, guest services and get one of those as you leave. And we'd love for you to fill out a visitor's card so we know that you've been here this morning. This morning, as I've been on a series about the uh, words of Jesus, we're going to look at three words that Jesus spoke in the Scriptures in John chapter 19 this morning. And if we were to look at all of John chapter 19, we'd see the story of Jesus' beating, his interrogation, his crucifixion, and his burial. But as we look at these Scriptures, I want to look at those uh, verses 25 through 37 and look specifically at verse 30 where there is three words, it is finished, that is used. And I want us to look at what those words really mean and how they imply to us today. And so let's read this together in John chapter 19 and verses 25 through 37. It says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine or vinegar was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with that sour wine and put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And therefore, because it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. And then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another Scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Lord, we come to you this morning, and we thank you, God, for your precious word. And Lord, we pray, God, that you would just take these Scriptures and that you would bring them alive to us this morning. And Lord, we pray that as we look at these scriptures, God, may we understand really what it meant when you said it is finished. And Lord, how that applies to us today. And so Lord, we look forward to you speaking to our hearts where we are right now in the year of 2019. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You know, when that, uh, that, those three words, it is finished, in the original writing in the Greek, it was actually just one word that Jesus said. It was the word tetelestai. And the word tetelestai is translated, it is finished, or it is accomplished, or it has been completed. It's basically saying a task has been done. And when you look at these scriptures, that's very important to understand because notice that Jesus, when he was on the cross, some people could have thought when he said, it is finished, and then he laid his head over and he died. Some people could have been thinking he was saying, I've, I've had it. I'm done. I've taken all I can take. I can't handle it anymore. I'm just laying it down. 
Be kind of like my grandkids. Uh, sometimes when we're eating at the table, my grandkids will be eating, and then they'll just kind of stop eating, and you'll say, come on now, now eat your food. And they'll say, I'm done. I'm done. And what they're saying is, I'm not eating anymore. I've, I've had it. I've ate all I want to eat. I'm done. Now, they haven't finished the plate, but they're saying, I'm done. But Jesus didn't say, I'm done, or I've had it, or I'm finished. He said, it is completed. I have accomplished my task. I have done what I have been set out to do. When Jesus said, to tell us die, that word was also a word that was used in accounting, which meant paid in full. So if you and I were speaking Greek today, and we put it into some terms of maybe something we were accomplishing, that we would use that word, to tell us die, it is finished or paid in full or is accomplished. It might be that maybe, uh, maybe you have run your first 5K race and you have crossed the finish line and you'd say, Whoo! it is finished. I completed it. I accomplished what I wanted to do. Or maybe you've been paying for five years for a car payment and you finally make that last payment and you see them put paid in full and you say, Tetelestai, it is paid in full. It's done. No more payments. Or maybe you're a Mount Everest climber and you climb the Mount Everest and you get to the top of the mountain and you've got it all the way to the top and you say, Tetelestai, I made it to the top. I finished what I wanted to accomplish. Maybe you're a bike rider and you finished your first race of 60 miles in the different stages and you go, Tetelestai, I have finished it. Whoo, it's over with. It is accomplished. That's kind of what Jesus was saying. Much in contrary to, I'm done, I've had it. He was saying, I have done the task that I was sent to do. Kind of would be like, for those of you who are Mission Impossible uh, fans, it's like Jesus said, mission accomplished. I've done it. I've settled it. Now, as we look at these scriptures, that what was this mission that Jesus had accomplished? What was it that he had done and completed? Well, the Bible tells us, and uh, some of you who are in life in the Word and may have looked at Isaiah 53, and it tells that all the sins of the world were cast on Jesus. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he had taken all the sins of the world, and he had shed his precious blood as a means of forgiveness so that God would forgive the sins of all of us, every one of us in here today. And so when Jesus said to Telestai, he was saying, I have finished the task that was given to me. I have done what I was supposed to do. I've taken all the sins of the world on me, and I have completed that task. A pretty monumental task, wasn't it? The sins of all the world upon him. One of the things that's kind of unique if you were to really break this down and study it in the original writing, there's something that a term that we wouldn't normally use and probably you would say, great preacher, you're giving us a grammar lesson today. But it's really not a grammar lesson, it's a grace lesson. When uh, Jesus said this, the way that it was worded, it was written in the present tense, which means it's talking about something that has accomplished for the past and is carrying on to the present and continues to go on. So what Jesus was saying when he said that it is finished, the way that he said it was, I have accomplished and paid the price for every sin in the past, every sin that's right now, and every sin that will happen in the future. Now, thinking about that, how does that impact you and I today? What, what impact does that make in our life that Jesus is saying, I have paid the price for all the sins of the past, all the sins of the present, and every sin that will ever be committed in the future? I've paid it all. What does that have to do to you and I? 
That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. I want to break it down a little bit. And so let's look at that this morning. The first thing that we want to look at is that Jesus paid in full all our sins of the past. Because I said that that word in the perfect tense means everything in the past has been taken care of. So what that means is that a lot of times when we think of our sins, when we think of the things that we have done in the past, we think they're unforgivable. The damage has already been done. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I can just about guarantee you that if I were to ask for a raising of hands of everybody that felt like they had done something in the past that was a sin, something that was wrong, and they really have struggled at some point in their life over that, I can guarantee you a lot of hands would go up. Because I have dealt with people over the years over and over that when I talk about that Jesus has died for your sins and you, he can, you can be forgiven of those sins, they can say, well, you wait a minute, you don't know what I've done. And they might start to share some of the things that they've done in the past. And they're thinking, man, look at the damage what I have done in the past has been like. Look what I have done and how ugly it is. How could God forgive me of that? But when Jesus said to Telestai, it is finished, he was saying, I don't care what sins you've committed. They have all been paid in full. Every sin of the past, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how much damage it has done, no matter even if you feel like it is unforgivable. You see, when we think about unforgivable, we think about how much it hurts someone, don't we? That's usually what we think of. Man, you don't know how bad I've hurt uh, this woman, or I've hurt this man, or I've hurt my mom, I've hurt my dad, I've hurt my kids. Jesus said, to Telestai, it is finished. I've covered all those sins. So no matter how unforgivable you think your sins are of the past, or no matter how much damage you think that your sins have done, Jesus is saying, I have forgiven you. They're taken care of. And I rejoice in that. One of the things that, when I look back at my past, one of the things that has haunted me the most that I hate, and that is that I, in the past, before I knew Christ, I used God's name in vain. Now that I have accepted Christ as my personal Savior, I think, how could I use in a profane way or in cursing God's name? To use it in a way that would damage the creator of the world, the one that gave me life. How could I do that? But you know what? It's been done. There's nothing I can do to change it, but I sure can cover it in the blood of Jesus. I can get forgiveness. I can accept to tell us die. And you see, there's probably some in here today that maybe you've been coming to church for a while, or maybe this is the first time you've been at church in a long while, and you're thinking, oh, man, I got a lot of baggage in my life. I got a lot of stuff that I've done that I wish I had never done. And you know, in this world that we live in, human beings sometimes have a hard time forgiving, don't they? But Jesus said, I have cast your sins into the depths of the sea. That means that no matter how bad your sin is, it's been washed away, it's been buried. Move on with your life and accept his free gift of salvation. And you know, I could say that, somebody could be a Christian and say, okay, that sounds pretty good, but that don't apply to me. But a lot of Christians that over the years I have dealt with, even though they have accepted Christ, still struggle with something that they consider is just an ugly sin. And they just feel like it's unforgivable. Let me tell you, I don't care what you've done. Yes, murder, adultery, rape, whatever you may have done. When you ask Jesus to forgive you, he forgives you of all the sins of the past. So you may think it's unforgivable. But when Jesus said to Telestai, he's saying, 
The sins of the past, they are forgiven. But it also tells us about the present. Remember, to tell us die, the way it was written in the, the perfect tense, means something that's happened in the past, but it's carrying on to the present. So that means that Jesus has paid for my sins and your sins for what we are involved in right now. And you know what? A lot of people struggle with the sins. I'm talking about Christians and non-Christians alike. Are struggling with sins that are in their life right now in the present. And the reason being that in their mind they're thinking, you know, what, I, what I'm involved in right now is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And I've seen a lot of people that have struggled even being able to come to the free gift of salvation because they're thinking, this is too embarrassing. I can't confess it before anybody else. I can't uh, deal with this with God. It's too embarrassing. I don't even want God to know it. Let me tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, we do, a lot of people will say to me, uh, matter of fact, this morning somebody said, hey, uh, I, I think I'm going to come and see your uh, drama. Said, We're not doing one this year. They said, well, everybody's talking about you. you need to go see Temple's Easter drama. We do it every other year. And so people have seen what we've done, and they have talked about it, and people see the realisticness of it, and they want to come see it. And one of the things that we do, we'll do a crucifixion with someone that's being Jesus that'll be hanging on the cross. But as they hang on that cross, they'll have some wrap right around the center section here to cover them. Everything else may be unclothed, but right there. But yet, as we read the Scriptures and we study about Jesus, he was totally naked when he was crucified. Now, that's an embarrassing situation, isn't it? Hung naked between earth and heaven in front of the whole world to see. Men, women, boys, and girls. I mention that to say that I don't care how embarrassing your present sins are in your life. Jesus died in an embarrassing situation to take your embarrassing sins upon him. And so no matter what you may be involved in right now, you may be involved in pornography and you're thinking, man, this is embarrassing. I know I shouldn't be involved in it. That's true. But Jesus died for your present sins so that you can be delivered from that. So no matter how embarrassing it is, Jesus died so that you could be forgiven of that and move on to the future. You may be involved in some other things. Maybe you've been involved in some situation where you're cheating someone. Jesus said, I died for that. To tell us die. Right now, no matter how embarrassing your present situation is, no matter what your sins are, Jesus died for that. He wants you to be free from that. So don't worry about how embarrassing it is. Jesus paid the price for it. You know, I said it's about the past. It's the present. To tell us die in the perfect tense means also anything that's going to ever happen. Here's what that means. Listen real close. If you listen, say amen. amen. That means that no matter what sin I may commit tomorrow... Jesus already died for that. Isn't that awesome? Now some of you are going, huh? He, or, he died for what you hadn't even done yet, but when you do it, he's already died for it? Yeah. And you know, the reason that's important is that what Jesus did on the cross has already covered your sins in the future that you haven't committed yet is because a lot of people struggle with this. I can't live the Christian life. What the mindset is for me to sin is inevitable. It's going to happen. And that's usually the mindset of, well, if I'm going to be a Christian, i got to be perfect. 
Let me tell you this morning, all of you are looking at an imperfect person who sins on a regular basis. Now, I'm not proud of that, and I don't want to scare you and say, let's get out of here. That guy just said he's a big sinner, and he sins all the time. We all sin. We all stumble. We all fall. And it doesn't matter whether it's a pastor or whether it's deacons or it's a music minister or whether it's a, a teacher in a class. We all sin. I, and, and when I sin, I ask God to forgive me, and forgiveness is asking God to help me to overcome that so I don't do it again. I don't just say, God, forgive me, which is kind of like, I'm sorry, and move on. It's, I want to be forgiven. I want to repent. The word repent is the best word. That means I want to be forgiven, and I want to change directions from that sin that I've committed. But even when I do that, and even though day by day I ask God to forgive me of my sins and I, I try to live better and not commit those sins again, I mess up. Another day comes, and I've done something I wish I hadn't have done. And I, I can look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans, and he said, now this is the man that led many people to the Lord, established churches, one of the greatest men in the Bible. And yet he said that what I wish I wouldn't do, I do, and that which I wish I would do, I don't do. What he's basically saying is, I wish I wouldn't sin, but yet I keep stumbling and making mistakes. And I wish I would just do what's right all the time, but I don't. Now this is one of the greatest spiritual leaders that ever walked on the earth. And if I look at that, I think, well, if he messed up day by day, I guess all of us are going to probably mess up. Probably some of you are thinking, hey, I, I kind of like this. This preacher's as bad messed up as I am. We all mess up. And you know what? It is inevitable for you to live another day and not mess up. But when Jesus said to Telestai, he said, before you ever messed up, I done died for that sin. I done shed a drop of blood to cover that for you. It's already been paid in advance. And so you can look at all that Jesus said here and to study about his life and his crucifixion, his burial. But when it comes to that, those words, it is finished, it goes back to that one word, to die. And what's amazing about it, he said, I have accomplished what I've set to done. And what he was set to do was to die for every sin of the past, every sin of the present, and every sin that you're going to commit in the future. It's already been covered by the blood of Jesus. So if you're thinking, hey, I can't be forgiven, you done been forgiven. If you're thinking that it's too embarrassing, he's already took care of the embarrassment. If you're thinking it's inevitable, I am going to sin, he knows that. And he's already prepared for it. Just keep trying to get back up and keep living for Jesus. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment as they come to get a song ready this morning. And as they come to get the song ready, I want you to just remember those words. It is finished. And remember, it can be translated in accounting term, paid in full. And that is what Jesus did. That's why we celebrate Easter. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price so that God would forgive us of every sin in the past, every sin that we're involved in right now, and every sin that we're going to commit in the future. Jesus died, shed his blood to cover every sin until he comes back to take us home with him. And so let me just tell you this morning, if you think your sins are unforgivable, you're wrong. They've been paid in full already. All you got to do is accept his free gift of salvation. 
If you think that your sins right now are too embarrassing, Jesus hung and sacrificed naked and embarrassed so that you could bring your embarrassing sins to him and he would forgive you. Think you can't live the Christian life? It's inedible that you're going to sin. It is inedible. But Jesus already knew it. And he paid for those sins as well. You see, when you just really kind of come to it all, everything we've done, everything we're doing, and everything we're going to do in the future is paid in full. Isn't that good to know? So this morning, maybe you're unsure of your salvation. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior and received this free gift. You see, Jesus knows where you are in your life. He knows everything about the past the present. He knows what's going to happen in the future. But what he desires right now is for you to receive his free gift and to know every sin is paid in full. It's finished. It's completed. He just wants you to receive that free gift. If that's your desire this morning, if that's your need in your life and you feel God speaking to you, would you say this prayer in your heart right where you're at? Dear Lord, I know that I've messed up. Lord, I've done some things I shouldn't have done. But it's time for me to get it right. I guess today's the day. So Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of every sin of the past. I'm asking you to forgive me of the sins that I am currently have been involved in. And Lord, I ask you to go ahead and forgive me of the sins that are going to be coming up. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you pray that prayer to accept Christ as your Savior and His forgiveness of your sins, you made the greatest decision of your life. And I want to rejoice with you. If you pray that prayer of salvation this morning with me, would you just slip up your hand just a moment while nobody's looking around just to say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my heart and I asked Him to forgive me of my sins of the past, the present, and the future. If you pray that prayer with me, would you just slip up your hand just one moment and then just put it right back down. No one's looking but me. Maybe you're a Christian today and maybe you've been struggling over some of the things of the past or even things you're involved in right now. But maybe it's time to just get it all settled and move forward and know that God has already taken care of every sin that you've ever committed and that you're involved in right now or will in the future. Maybe you just need to pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I know that I'm saved, but I'm not on the right path like I should be. And Lord, some things are kind of embarrassing. But today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my actions. Forgive me of my attitude. Lord, cleanse me through and through. And help me to start walking closer to you. Now, if you're a Christian, you prayed that prayer, I want to lift you in prayer as well. Would you just acknowledge by raising your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to walk with the Lord closer than I have been. Yes. Yes, yes, I see those hands, yes, yes. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Man, this is a good day. Lord, I just uh, rejoice in what you spoke to me as some hands went up. Lord, you just seem to send a, a freshness in me of some folks that have been astray for quite a while, and they made the decision today, it's time to get things straightened out. So, Lord, I rejoice in that. That's what you died for. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, for those who made decisions today that, uh, Lord, this will be the beginning of a new path for them, a new way of life, a different attitude. 
And Lord, I'm just trusting. I know that Satan desires to keep us embedded in our sins, keep us locked into the thoughts of embarrassment and unforgiveness, things that are just going to happen. But Lord, I pray that they'll understand all those things have been forgiven. They're covered in the blood. And it's time to walk a new life. And Lord, I believe that you're going to do that in some people's lives. I just felt a sense of your Holy Spirit saying, I am doing something good in somebody's life this morning. And Lord, I just pray, God, that some people will leave here different than when they came. And we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen.